Would I look good in the cloak of a mage? Because I will soon have the flowing gray mane of an experienced magic user. I thought I lost my keys the other day, and it turns out they were in my beard. I look forward to the day, years from now, when I will stand before a sculpture of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor rendered in bronze, installed on a granite plinth where a decaying and broken statue of a crusty confederate or diseased colonist once stood, and from under a large, ethically made hat and covered in a layer of murder hornet repellent, I will look up, my eyes a kind of dim violet from being indoors these many years of COVID, and a smile will come upon my face, and I will know that we have made a step forward. I invite you to take a step forward until the left, Natch, as we slip into the portal that leads us to the deep night. Oh, French, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so pleased to be your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations, though, to be honest, it will be slightly under an hour today. The weather has gotten warmer, and the turtleneck has begun to chafe. I wish you good health in this long fight that we are in, both against the ravages of a disease that continues apace, regardless of how desperate people are, to gather around each other, wearing tank tops and those reflective sunglasses that wrap all the way around their swollen, sweaty heads as they drink plastic tubes full of beer at or near a sandy beach. The virus will spread, of course, because we have no national policy. Instead, we're having to act like the 13 original colonies. Has New York started printing its own currency yet? Should I be wearing a tricorned hat? Oh, and because there's no no national thing, it's just going to continue. Uh, and today on the program, we talk about the people risking their lives and mine for a cool glass of beer or a hamburger. And we could look on from the mighty New York City, because we come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And from these uh, uh, foul shores, of course, we could look on with some self-righteous indignation when it was some gregarious, ill-informed death-seekers in a pool nestled in the Appalachian Mountains. But now what we see is a sidewalk full of our fellow New Yorkers. Parks packed with socially non-distancing folks in flip-flops with their masks on their chins. And we have to admit that idiocy knows no state boundary. Our sense of a collective spirit seems completely broken. And we have such a tenuous grasp on what once was the common good. But someone who is still taking things seriously is my guest today, comedian Ariel Lieti. Ariel is a fantastically funny stand-up and also is the co-host of What's Eating You? podcast, uh, which I greatly enjoy. And you know, I, I envy it now because there's so much good food being discussed on that show. Oh, how I long for the hot heat of a Thai duck salad or a smoked meat sandwich or a beautifully cut slice of tuna on a little pillow of rice. I miss fine dining, and I miss fast casual. I miss things that are not made in the same pan that I've been using for the past three or four months. And we talk about all those feelings. We talk about Animal Crossing. I know I can't help it. I bring it up too much, but aside from this reality, it's my only escape. 
and we talk a little bit about the changes that we want to see in the world, of course. So please, enjoy my conversation now with Ariel Lieti. Ariel Lieti, how are you? Oh, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm so glad you could join me here in the virtual deep night. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, so many areas of concern uh, converging in the world, and I want to say I appreciate your voice on social media. Oh, thank you so much. It's one of the people, you're one of the people I look to, uh, to kind of get a better sense of the world. So it's it's beneficial to me so thanks uh, thanks for that not the goal i know but thank yeah <laughs> hey same. you know what? whoever i'm reaching is that's fine i'll take it anybody good even now, you uh, even me little old dale doing his best <laughs> yeah uh, now you are safely quarantined uh, where in new jersey i am in new jersey yes oh it's, yeah we have grass here so it's kind of nice i'm so jealous I'm so <laughs> jealous. I have my feelings about New Jersey, which are complicated, <laughs> but uh, I have I a lot it. of family from there. And uh, historically, a lot of people down there involved in Atlantic City and the building mm. of that place, Boardwalk wow. Empire times. And yeah. All that. So uh, I, sh far. I should have a deep uh, affinity for, for the state. But every time I go, I get lost coming back. That's understandable. It's, I mean, it's not great. And also, where you're talking about South Jersey, like very far south, that's, those are not my people. I don't yeah. claim them. No, they are my people, but I don't ever go down there. <laughs> oh, well, then. I mean, if you're going to get lost coming back, why even do it? I get yes. it. Yes, but even short little jaunts to places over there like Montclair yeah. and Glen Ridge. Mm, and that's where I live. I see. Yes. yes. I, a few more signs would be helpful is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's... no, that makes sense. That's fair. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm confirmed in that, uh, in that. Thank you. Now you yes. are the co-host with a friend of ours, Brian Yang. Yes. Of, uh, of the podcast, What's Eating You? Yes, that's yep. me. That is you. Uh, and how did that show come about? How did it come about? Um, well, truly, Brian and I had a comedy show we did together, and we didn't really know each other, but we started talking about food, and we would not stop. And then we ordered the same dish. And we're like, oh, okay, well now we're best friends. So, <laughs> and that's how most, I think, podcasts happen. Something stupid over a, you know, a stand-up comedy show. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're friends now. We should have a podcast. Yes. Uh, and that's really what happened because we both love comedy and food and we love talking about food. So here we are. It's wonderful. And to think one, at some point we could share meals. That yes. A... Remember that? <laughs> oh, wow. What a time to be alive that was. What a time. Uh, you record the thing in a food market. Is that what I understand? Yes. God, I hope it's still there. But we record right. at Canal Street Market. There's all sorts of different um, food vendors there, and they switch out every couple months. And there's a little studio in the back. So it's really fun. We're almost, it's like when we record, it's almost like a, like a fishbowl. So it's like uh, windows everywhere. So people can watch us record. It's really fun. You feel like a celeb because people take pictures of you and things. And definitely yes. not a celebrity yet, but. <laughs> no, well, on the way. On, on the, the way. way, rising on star. Way. Now, uh, how has the podcast changed? Uh, you talk about food. We're talking about some of the things that have changed since then, just the simple act of sharing a meal. How has the focus changed uh, during this pandemic time? 
Oh, well, we kind of just talk about the foods that we've been making at home because that's kind of all we can do, especially in the beginning of quarantine when things weren't even open for takeout. So like here, at least now, this is towards the end of quarantine-ish. It's probably going to come back. I'm, I'm not super optimistic. But um, now things are being taken out or you can even at a place that I love very much, it was a bakery. And instead of just getting bakery takeout, they started selling meat and fish and like eggs, just corner store things because a lot of stores were closed. So um, we started shouting out businesses that were helping in that way. So it was pretty fun. That's great. And is there a go-to pandemic dish? That, are you a decent cook already? Oh, I'm a really good cook. My, yeah, boyfriend, okay. my boyfriend says so. So maybe I'm not and he's just being nice. That's possible. <laughs> Um, but I was, game is played. Respect. <laughs> yeah, I smart, smart man, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so I was making a lot of baked goods. So I made a lot of like cookies, cakes, pies. Um, my go-to was this lemon loaf that's glazed with, uh, like a vanilla icing because even the Starbucks wasn't open and we really wanted lemon loaf. And oh, so yeah. that was that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds uh, delightful. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, a- it's good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, it's interesting how uh, if we could stay on the topic of food for just a moment, yeah. how uh, the the whole the landscape around that has changed. Whether it's a podcast or food writing, it, it'll probably be no surprise to you that I'm a subscriber to the New Yorker magazine. Oh. And uh, uh, I often, when I first got that magazine, I would read entertainment first, maybe talk of the town, maybe dip into some fiction. That was mm-hmm. the order that I read it. Now. Right. Boy, I go right for that food writing. Yeah, uh, yeah. By Hannah Goldfield, is it? And uh, I love it. I like the I like the picture, and then I like the description. <laughs> like yeah, because you know you're living vicariously through her because you, you don't realize how much you're gonna miss going out to eat until you cannot do it, and you're like, wow, I was really taking for granted all the people that prepared the food and and cooked it and bought it to me, you know, and now you have to actually forage and do it yourself. So much more difficult. I get it. Yes. Yes. Are there food writers you've been seeking out during this time? Um, not really. No. I mean, I was, I was a big fan of Bon Appetit. Then they had their whole little scandal and now I'm coming back to them slowly because they did kind of give a good enough apology, I guess, for me. So I've been going to their, their recipes and writings. I'm one of those people that doesn't love when a recipe has a whole essay beforehand, like I just want to get to the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. So sure. I'm not necessarily looking for a, a whole essay. I just want, tell me about the food and let's do it. Yeah. Well, two things on that. The, the, the Bon Appetit thing, uh, I was not, I was not paying attention to what was yeah. going on. Uh, I did not watch the videos, but then I think I know more about the controversy than I know about the actual thing. Itself. Well, they had two and that they was the two. problem. Yeah. Well, okay. So there was the one they didn't have enough uh, chefs of color in front of the camera, right? Is that yes. the deal? But even before that, um, their main girl, who I've also now forgot her name because I, I just have released her from my memories, but she said something um, like mean to Chrissy Teigen, and that was a whole thing. And Bon Appetit was like, oh, our bad for uh, employing someone who is just like so nasty about. Um, women of Allison color. Ro- Allison Rose? Yes, that's her okay. name. Thank you. I, I see how I blocked her from my memory. No, but well, she, um, there's a lot happening all the there time. There's so and- much happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, and she was kind of the pandemic chef. She, she was, was. going to save us. Uh, she was supposed to save us, and then she let us down. Um, she kind of threw Asian women under the bus there. And then everyone, you know, there had to be a whole backtrack and apology there. So then, just as Bon Appetit is getting their footing all of a sudden now, um, you know, someone had come out and said they don't have enough 
uh, people of color on their staff and they don't pay them the same wages to be on the videos as they do the white um, counterparts. So, uh, bon appetit. What a mess. A mess. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the guy stepped down and now they're trying to make changes. Yeah. Something. I mean, so they're trying. Them, I don't know. Everybody's trying. Um, now the second part about this essay thing, uh, I agree with you. Uh, uh, when you look up an online recipe or something, and it's mostly about the family and how they came to discover strawberries mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> before you get to, you know, the parfait or whatever. They're, <laughs> they're right. Right. There. I hate it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but there is a, a cookbook that I want to recommend, which is uh, a Jubilee by Tony Tipton Martin. Do you Ooh, know this book? I'm going to write it down. No, please. I'm going to write it down. Tell it's me about it. Very resource. I will. <laughs> 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 Let me bring up this thing that I can then take. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it's a fascinating story, not only about uh, 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 black cooking in America, but also about the loss of uh, the history of the black middle class in this oh, country and wow. it goes on not only just the real reason why they're called hush puppies which i didn't know uh, uh just to the whole history there and it's a cookbook you want to read every word every word of it wow that's I very cool i will it. yeah i'm going to definitely i wrote it down yeah. there it is <laughs> it's there All right it's an exchange <laughs> it's and... an exchange program i love it it's, it's been happening. I know. I wish I was cooking more. I've cooked a lot from that cookbook. Uh, I don't know that I've nailed every one of them, but uh, I've I've done okay with it. Now, do you uh, like to cook? I do like to cook. I like to follow recipes. I like. I'm not an improviser. Okay. Really. Me neither. Not a, really. I don't. I don't have the sensibility of this needs more uh, salt or sour or this needs to be balanced in this way. Yeah. I like to, I'm a scientific in my approach. So okay. I do okay with baking and that kind of yeah. thing. Because you that makes follow sense. it along. But, uh, <laughs> but instinct I don't have when it okay. comes to like meats and that kind of thing. Got it. Okay. You'll learn. You'll get there. I, I have nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, nothing but time here. But do you miss certain dishes? Are there any dishes? You see a lot of people now, they're going outside without a mask. They're gathering on the streets. Is there any dish you'd risk your life for? Yes, I did. I risked my life yesterday for Thai food because I can't make it. I can't figure it out. Um, so I got some drunken noodles and it was worth it. Yeah. And if yes. I die, <laughs> you'll know it was from the drunken noodle. <laughs> that's right. That's one. That's a tough one to master. I think if uh, yeah. if that's not part of your experience, uh, I, I I haven't had sushi in three or four months. Haven't oh, wow, had yeah. uh, Thai food, um, and you know the packets that you get that squeeze into some rice, it just doesn't cut it. No, Ariel. it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm -mm. There's one steak dish in Providence. I might risk it, but overall, <laughs> I'd like everybody to keep their masks on and not go outside for a beer. Yeah, I mean. Hopefully that happens, but probably not. Things are opening up this weekend, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous, I've got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I will be in the house. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yes, yes. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I have an unbroken streak now so many months. Yeah. Why Keep would it going. I, why would I risk that? Why I don't want that? to do that. I, I don't want to go out there. Um, <laughs> But now uh, there's there is this kind of uh, uh, back to this other issue with Bon Appetit and all that. There, there is a reckoning that's happening uh, in terms of uh, I don't know what to call it, racial inclusion uh, mm -hmm. within the story of entertainment and uh, things that we're consuming and the thing, the history of the world. Um, and I was, I'd like somebody to do an audit. You watch the Food Network? 
Yes, I do. Yeah. I'd like somebody to do an audit of that uh, particular network. And, and especially when it comes to these chopped and competition programs, because mm -hmm. you see, if there's a black competitor on there, you can almost guarantee they're going to go out first, second round. Yeah. And I That's don't true. know why that is. Hmm. And even though, as I say that, I was preparing for this uh, <laughs> discussion today. I mean, I know why it is. I know why it is. Because <laughs> we like wrong. seasoning. That's why. <laughs> But I watched one thing today, and it was a cupcake deal or a chocolate thing. Mm -hmm. Two black contestants both made it to the finals. Mm. I felt like I was watching history, or yeah. Food Network was sitting on that and waiting to release it at Ooh, the time when it was appropriate. You're probably right. You're probably very right. I hate that that's the facts, but that's probably the case. They were like, what? let's go through the archives and see which is an episode where two black people may have won. Oh, this is the one. And they, they're now showing that on repeat because they don't have any other episodes. So that's probably, oh, oh God. <laughs> yes, it's Gross. troubling. It I'd is like troubling. To, it's troubling, and I would like them to do something about that, even on a guy's grocery games. It's yeah. the same thing, same thing. And that guy's mm -hmm. okay. You like him, right, Guy Fieri? Yeah, Guy is a great guy. We love Guy Fieri. Unproblematic hero, but is he? Because you're saying that Guy is grocery games. I haven't watched it enough, so I don't know. I think um, just doesn't have enough black problem. contestants. Yeah, that's, I mean, in most reality shows, it's probably the case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, something's got to be done about that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think Guy would have it. You, you're. Have you been uh, taking care of yourself with doing some Animal Crossing during this time? I have. Yes, it's true. <laughs> okay, um, you know, it's funny. I just so I stopped for a little bit because even Animal Crossing was stressing me out um, because there's this almost this feeling to because you're competing with other people even though you're not so you'll see people on twitter and instagram and how the beautiful their islands are and then you go back to your island and you're like wow i have a lot of work to do and <laughs> that's how i was feeling i was feeling really overwhelmed by it so i stopped playing and i went back last night and um i'm taking it a little out of time little by little and i'm remembering i'm not really competing with anyone this game is supposed to be relaxing that's right, Ariel. That's very healthy. I felt the <sighs> same way. I saw people escaping with their water and making yes. uh, uh, waterfall walls <laughs> and uh, whole areas where they like, yeah. this is my laundry section. It's subterranean and it's yeah. below where all the house. I mean, first of all, I picked a weird layout. Second of all, I scattered all the houses everywhere because I thought Major. it was an island yeah. getaway. Mm -hmm. And now you see they're supposed to be like in a row. And that's uh, how you put in with the fences, like a little London place. Yeah. Well, do you believe in time travel? I don't I don't want to cheat with it. I know. We didn't do time travel for a long time, me and my boyfriend, but uh, finally we did. And? And uh, it was really just to move things around. Like you're saying, you want things in a row. and it's, It takes too long to wait then that day and a day because you only do one thing at a time. So yeah. uh, we finally time traveled to get it all done. Yeah. And uh, now things are in a row, but it still looks not great. So... <laughs> Just flowers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of flowers and things are yeah. in a row, and that's about it. I've been catching a couple of nice sharks, though. Yeah, I haven't yeah. caught any. I'm oh. not good at this game. Wait, to, I, I thought I was good at, and then I get real jumpy. And then once you know that there's going to be a shark <laughs> at the other end of it, oh my gosh, yeah. all of my adrenaline surges. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh man. Yeah. But I've got a handsome aquarium that I spend a lot of time in. <laughs> I feel like uh, Guy Fieri would have a great uh, Animal Crossing island. He probably does. Flavor probably has a really sick flavor. Maybe it's just called Flavor Town. Like he's just—it's all Flavor Town. Everything's flames. 
maybe some greasy food. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's probably great. All different <laughs> kinds of people, all different kinds of animals just joined together. <laughs> just enjoying some donkey sauce. <laughs> That's whatever, it. <laughs> whatever he calls it. That's One of the it. little penguins tried to give me a flame shirt and I said, no, thank you. Oh, well, you could have gifted it to me. Foolish. Well, mm. yes. I often try to go to people's islands, but there's no, it never works. No? <laughs> I'm just left talking to the bird at the airport. We'll talk about this offline. We'll get, <laughs> but, we'll get you onto another island for uh, sure. I'd, lo I'd love to. That would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, I made it to one ex-girlfriend's island and that was awkward. Mm, okay yeah well you you picked a weird island to go to why did you do this I, it was the only dodo cook area anyhow <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> would you want to have a cooking show is that would that be a, a, a dream yeah that would be a dream truly to not even a cooking show i would like to do something bourdain style where i'm traveling to different places and finding the masters of like who or is the best uh, sushi chef and who's the best at this and just kind of going and, and learning about their background and and the dish and then eating with them that would be the dream yeah yeah, yeah. i do i used to do a fair amount of travel and i would always like to look up whether it was a food network recommendation or a bourdain recommendation or something to find out what is the food of that place and yeah. let's have it and uh it's not always good but it's, yeah. uh, it's good to try <laughs> yeah you tried you tried yeah. Yeah, there's some things in Iceland I never have to eat again, but I tried. <laughs> but you I, know now. Now I know. Stay. And away. now you can share that with others. Say, hey, don't try. What is the thing that I can't try when I go to Iceland now? Oh, it was some kind of a fish sandwich that mm. was uh, not uh, not what it should have been. It was the a cold fairy. fish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And you think, oh, this is going to be like a tuna fish deal? <laughs> it was not. No, no. <laughs> It was uh, it was uh, unusual. There may have been an ice cream thing that was a little weird too. Is and it also think, fish? How could ice cream? I think yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> and this was like the place to try the authentic. I don't know. Oh I don't boy, know. I don't know how things become that. Yeah, well, bless them. I mean, they're so far away from like spices and stuff that so they all they have is like fish flavored things probably. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. There's almost yeah. no mammals there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, I won't be trying that. Sound... You can go other places. We had some good food there. I don't want to say that was that wasn't the universal experience. <laughs> we had nice times. We had good things. Um, okay. do, and are you concerned about? You have to have a healthy regimen. Do you? Do, you said lemon loaf. Is that? Uh, oh, that's not healthy. No. Personal I... safety. Well, okay, so I was I was on like a modified keto keto diet before. Uh, covid but it's really hard to maintain that when you're at home yeah. and like most of the and you couldn't really go to the market to get fresh things all the time so i just started eating bread and stuff again so my body's not super happy with me but whatever i'm allowed there's a pandemic i'm allowed to eat whatever i want if i want to have lemon loaf for breakfast lunch and dinner i will not have you shame me no, so no, no I'm, not, I'm not doing that at all <laughs> Believe so that me. is what happened for all of COVID, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. soon enough, I'll be back on my feet. Yeah. Who knows I... when that will be? Yes, who knows? <laughs> who knows when any of it? That's the problem, isn't it? I know yeah. I had a nice nice period there where I kind of lost some, and I was mm -hmm. in a good place. And then it kind of just like, this is just, I don't know, the weight of my bones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just your bone activity. weight. 
That's not anything. That's just bone weight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's speaking fine. Of, speaking of bones, uh, I know we have to rethink the way everything is and through education and recenter things on a non-Western, non-white narrative. And I saw a tweet the other day that got me thinking about this, uh, not just from the sort of cultural perspective, but the way we're taught history. And it had the dinosaur, little drawing of a hippo. Mm -hmm. uh, and it showed a hippo and how it was drawn, what the skeleton, you know, skull of a hippo looks like. Then what an artist would interpret, which was kind of a fierce looking, very tight thing. And then the actual hippo itself, which, of course, has many fat deposits and is big. Same mm -hmm. thing with like a beluga whale. The skull's very small. And then it had all this fat around. And they, they were saying this is what dinosaurs uh, could have. You'd see the penguin skeleton. It's just that long neck. Yeah. But it's round. What if the dinosaurs were round, Ariel? Oh, uh, well, I don't think about them being round. I think about them as birds. They were probably birds. Well, that too. What if they were chonky birds? That would be adorable, actually. I want them Wouldn't to switch they... out all of the history museums now. What the world needs now is chonky birds. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, walking into that natural history museum, just surrounded by these pleasantly plump, Aww. colorful feathers. Wow, that visual is bringing me joy. I'll tell you what. This is what we need to seek out. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Seek joy. Seek joy. <laughs> That's right. That's the world that I want, along with equal justice for all in an end. Yes. Also chunky birds. I get chonky it. Chunky birds. That's, <laughs> that's right. Now, uh, uh, you still doing stand-up? Are you able to, to, to find some Zoom outlet to do oh, this kind boy. of thing? Um, well, it's kind of, sort of, not really. So I, I'll do podcasts and things like with you. Hello. Um, Thank you. But some of the uh, Zoom things I stopped doing because I got caught in a Zoom bomb that scarred me for life. Oh and now I don't want to go back. I'm scared. This is the deal where somebody jumps in there, usually some kind of troll uh, mm -hmm. with some kind of negative uh, energy to yes. disrupt a public event. And, yes. Uh, it's... Uh, part of why we can't have nice things i guess it's truly we can't i think it was some teens some like reddit teens and at first they were just drawing pictures on us so we didn't really think anything of it and we just thought like oh someone's being funny and then they posted up a video of something that has scarred me and now i can't get over it and i'm afraid to go on zoom well first of all i'm very sorry that happened to you that's it's okay uh, it's not your that, fault no, but it's still, I, I feel for you. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't like to hear anybody being scarred by uh, uh, someone being mean towards another person. It's just, uh, yeah. it's terrible. especially because it's something, as I understand, it gives you great joy to do. Yeah, it was supposed to be fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> supposed to be. Yes. Well, maybe we can shut down all those sites. Yeah, that'd be nice. One of these days, once we find out about the Chonky Birds, then we could shut down the the bad websites and we can get back on zoom <laughs> what a vision <laughs> my vision for america <laughs> as follows that's right but uh, uh stand up has been an important part of uh, uh your life right the last, the yeah, last few years. how long have you been doing it oh boy um since 2014 right yeah pretty good a little while mm -hmm. yeah yeah and everywhere you do it everywhere Wherever they'll have me, but now yeah. I don't know. But it was it used to be basements and bars, bathrooms, restaurants, and now it's uh I don't know. I was just saying uh, today actually that 
when I think of my life before, I used to like go to work or maybe go to an audition, then change in a bathroom and and put on my makeup in like a public place and then go to the next gig. And I'm like, I cannot imagine doing that anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was living a very dirty, like, germ-filled life. It's yes, that is one thing it has exposed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all knew it was bad, but we just yeah. figured. Uh, okay, I'm only yeah. in this public bathroom changing out of my pants right. for five minutes. <laughs> right. I, I knew okay. that maybe having my bare feet on the public bathroom was not a good idea, but now it could really get me in serious danger. <laughs> yes, well, it could have been. It could have gotten me before. Yeah, I could have gotten tetanus or something, <laughs> whatever. you Tinnitus? What do you get in your feet? I don't know. Oh, I think tetanus. <laughs> tinnitus, I, I think the ear. No, tinnitus is the ear thing, yes. It yeah. started with a T. I was close. Oh, yes, yes. No, you were right the first time. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> What's the most unusual place you've ever performed? Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of basements. So many basements. Too many so, to count. So um, many. I'm trying to think of, like, the worst basement. Oh, maybe, like, someone's house. Like, I was promised it was a real show, and it ended up being, like, in someone's, like, bedroom. Like, a... <laughs> Like, I don't know how they made that happen, but yeah, like 20 people in a, in a room. Mm. So yeah, that was unusual, but there, we had an audience and at the end of the day, sometimes it's all that matters. That's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> as long as you're safe. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I would encourage anybody to show up. To yeah. The- again, weird show. things that I used to do that I would not do again. Yep. Now, wonderful. I should note that, that, you know, anytime we're doing these uh, remote interviews, something goes a little bit uh, wonky or sideways. So uh, we had to kind of massage the ending there uh, because uh, a plug was pulled out, a plug was put in, things happen. But uh, anyhow, the little tail end of it was just us saying thank you so much for being here and all that. Uh, so my thanks to Ariel. Uh, what a nice conversation. And I hope that we can visit again in person once this is all over. Be sure and check out uh, her Instagram or subscribe to What's Eating You on all those podcasting platforms. So that will do it for us. I uh, encourage you to donate, march, engage, keep up the work that it takes to change the world for the better. And remember that although this night is ending... A bright new day is just ahead. Goddess bless you and give you strength and good health. Thank you for listening. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by HarvestWorks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season... I encourage you all to leave your portals open.